So you're talking about a Canadian TV show with a couple of your friends the other day. That might work out. I did it. I was worried about it, boys. Three, three tries. <laughs> I figured it out. Uh, you know, we're, we've done this long enough. You could almost call us semi-professional, but uh, boy, we still got hung up there, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we are far from semi-professional. I, I, did we ever truly make it out of the amateurs? I, I feel like when you start to make money from a podcast, you're at least not amateur. Uh, True. Let's do paid this then. Professional. We're total bush league though. Sure, we're not NASCAR. I'm not, again, we're still getting. All right, we might be getting some money, but we're bush league. Yeah, we're definitely Nothing on the practice team. About. <laughs> Nothing to be proud about. I honestly don't know if that's how NASCAR works or not, but I'm sure they're all snooty about uh, <laughs> not anymore the bush league. Not anymore. Okay, Mitch, you know. I'm. I don't. This know. is why you're here. I just oh, know it's not God. that anymore. Mitch knows okay. all. All right. They change sponsors too often. Uh, so do you uh, watch NASCAR, okay. Mitchell? You seem no. like you know a bit. Yeah, you know more than I do. Just keep a general knowledge. And I'm generally the sports guy. You're only in... Are you only into hockey? Let me phrase the question that way. Pretty much. Pretty much? Yeah. By the way, our guest today, if you can't tell, is Mitchell from the wondrous and glorious Nerdy Thursday podcast. Oh, he was waiting for that to crack the beer. What if I'd never <laughs> introed you? You'd have, stuck, you'd have waited on that beer forever. Not have figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad. There's to, always more beers. <laughs> yeah, we're glad as yeah. hell to have you here, buddy. I got another one, so. So, uh. Find another reason. I thought we could, we could take a little bit of this time and steal a little thing that you guys like to do on your show, Mitchell. And that's, that's rate oh, the beer. So you can all kind of talk about what we're drinking, and then we can rate them. Yeah? Mmm. Bud Light. What do you rate that? What is this? You guys rate uh, it on a scale, right? One to five? Yeah, it's one to five bottle caps, like untapped. Okay. What do you give and, the old um, Bud Light? Today, we'll give it a 2.5. Right in the middle. Standing, out short, side, standing outside in shorts like a dumbass. <laughs> around a fire and it just didn't really work out in my favor so yeah this beer does not taste as good as it normally does what do you have something to that yeah you you need a good bud light or something real light kind of almost watery no offense after like a good day of like doing chores choring right mitchell was choring yes. earlier he was choring i mean it happens adult life comes with choring <laughs> it's well it's it's inevitable I'm drinking, uh, I can't call it, I would say get these guys a puppers, but I can say get these boys a peebers. And it almost kind of works, right? But I'm I'm drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. I would rate it perfectly in the three category. It's perfectly medium. If if all I can come up against is a Pabst Blue Ribbon, I'll still drink that and enjoy it quite heartily. So, huzzah. What about you, Ryan? What are you working with? Very nice. Uh, a Goose Island Solo IPA. 
Okay. It is like one of the low calorie IPAs. It is fine. Man. It's fine. <laughs> you you're an Just IPA fine. guy. I have an I IPA. Would, I'm with here. I'm yeah. with Mitch. It's like a two and a half, right in the middle. Eh. Just not hitting my mood, but it's what we have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was standing yeah. by the fire and I was like, it's a stout night. I don't have any. Fucking that was mm-hmm. goddamn riveting, boys. Um Mitchell, well, how's you know. life in <laughs> the northeast, buddy? Is it still cold? It's good. Yeah, uh, we're about to get six inches of snow tomorrow, yeah. so still pretty lame up here. Well, I mean, so that nice. snow won't affect you. Uh, I won't. I know it won't affect any of us because we're all broadcasting live from our coronavirus bunkers. Because we're all serious uh, doomsday preppers. I know. Um, we're all like mine's ni- prepared, but I'm not in there yet. We're 19 feet below ground uh, with ventilation systems. I don't know where I'm going with this. Somebody jump in. Coronavirus I didn't is want a thing to. right I now. I wanted to see where this went. I was I, like, yeah, no, I was letting you <laughs> dig it. it. <laughs> What's that, Mitchell? Uh, yeah. I said, I was just letting you dig that hole. You're at 19 feet. I was just going to see how deep you went. Uh, I don't know. How deep do you dig a bunker? Do either of you know? I honestly don't. Not uh, for safety. I'm- I'll be honest, uh, prepping and doomsday prepping is not my forte. I, I don't I don't find it fascinating, and I don't partake in it, even if I probably should. But I'm also the person who says, like, zombie apocalypse or battle royale happens. Like, I'm the first to kill myself. I don't care. I don't want to <laughs> live anyway. Like, whatever. I, it's going to be a lot. Ryan's mm. just going out immediately. He's like, I'm done. Fuck this. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be one of the kids hanging. Like, just real oh, quick. shit's going down? See ya. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I don't... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, they're yeah. in the neighborhood. What's the point of life? <laughs> Meh. Meh. <laughs> are you surviving or are you living? I think we've had enough post-apocalypse movies, like, really dig into this. I, you know, eh. That, so, hanging yourself wouldn't be real quick. Like, at 30 seconds most. I don't know, I think it'd take you a little bit longer to, like, choke your own life out. Nah, you just jump from the balcony. And snap it, like, the old school style, the real way? Yeah. Yeah. I would be so horrified. You hear about the random freak accidents of people falling, like, ten stories and then, like, landing on their legs and living. And that sounds god-awful to me. (laughs) I, oh... (laughs) That's like, that's so rough. There was this dude back in the early, like, Wild Wild West days, I know, that was like, yeah, I forget what he did. He was pretty vicious. I think he killed some people and they were going to hang him. And so, like, when they originally took the measurements or whatever, like, for whatever reason, the hanging got delayed like a couple of weeks or a couple of months even, but they still kept the original shit. And during that time, he got himself, like, super fat. And then when they hung him, like, his <laughs> his lower body, like, pulled away and it pulled his fucking head off. <gasps> oh, my God. he was so fat. Oh, man, yeah. It was like... I thought it was going to be, like, a happy ending. Like, he broke yeah, like, the rope then because he was so fat and then got away. <laughs> no. He got stuck in the hole and they just left him there. <laughs> it totally pulled his the fucking head, head off. off. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to see that scene in a movie. I think that has real uh, potential black comedy. That's some Coen Brothers stuff. Yes. Yeah. 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 I want to see Fargo, but that (laughs) with that—that's the payoff. Instead of a body in a wood chipper, a fat man getting decapitated by his weight, (laughs) being hanged. Wow, that is brutal. That's a real life thing that happened. Like you can look that up, though. That's that's true history fact from me. Well, this is like Final Destination shit. Also, like getting your innards sucked out through pool holes and things that also kind of like. Maybe they happen, but it sounds real enough where I'm like, yeah, that's fucked. I, mm. Chuck Palahniuk wrote I couldn't a even short think about story that. about that, and it's one of the most fucked up things I've ever read. I, yeah, see, I don't think I could read it. It's fucking, oh, it's brutal. That whole book is awful. It makes me so Which terrible. One? Which book is that one? 13 Ghosts. And it's a collection of 13 a movie too? short stories? Kind of, it's more like 13 well, people that all have like two short stories. Oh, hmm. okay. I, um, so twenty six short stories, pretty much, kinda. It's fucking okay. weird, okay. though, man. As all cool. Palinuk is. Yeah, sorry, I got off on a rambly, yeah. rambly joint there too. Ah, Mitchell, I got questions for you. Oh boy, I'm ready. Did you ever play any sports in high school? Yeah, football. You played football. What position? Uh-huh. Nose tackle. Nose tackle. So that's defense, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a couple of beers deep here, boys. Ah. I don't believe it. You should believe it. Because I told you. <laughs> <laughs> um Fuck. Did why not why did you never play hockey? I don't know. I, I got hockey with Mitch. That's what I think of. And it's gonna relate It's expensive. It's expensive, that's why. Okay, I feel that. I feel that. Ryan, you're you're not helping me out of any of these holes tonight. Worst... I mean, you're digging a lot of them. I know! It's it's so entertaining. I'm also like, you expect (laughs) me to be of the same capacity to help you, but like, I'm drinking right there with you. I'm Conan O'Brien. At least there's hockey in what we're supposed to talk about. What's that? This is true. I said at least there's hockey and something we're supposed to talk about. I know, that's why I'm trying to relate it, too. Um. Yeah, no, it's a segue. <laughs> it just wasn't smooth. So why You're building that bridge you play out of- hockey? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hockey's a sport. How come you don't play it, Mitchell? <laughs> I don't Is think I was obnoxious enough as a person. And if not, why? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> We're going to get through this episode. We're going to talk about Letterkenny. And there's a specific reason we have Mitchell on this Letterkenny episode. Because I believe Mitchell discovered this show before all of us, correct? I want you... Ryan says no. Uh, I think it's a toss-up between me and Mitch. Is it? It's close. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we definitely agreed on it. Yeah. I don't know who broached it first. But as soon as one of us did, the other one was like, oh, my God, finally somebody. (laughs) Somebody who's seen this show. (laughs) Uh I always relate it to Mitch because maybe maybe you did talk about it. But like, as sometimes happens with us, like you can maybe gray out a little bit until somebody else also mentions something. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. 
I guess. Kind of. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. Sure. <laughs> Are you saying that because nobody else watched this show until I told them to? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was waiting for this to be brought up. This fucking yeah, bullshit. No, definitely. That Mitch and I were pounding about this show for fucking months. Months. And then you and finally the watched fine. it and said something. And then the dominoes <laughs> fucking fell. Then everybody started watching it. <laughs> Motherfuckers. This is influencer culture. Oh, Kyle's got a Twitch stream, so he knows what he's talking about. Oh, he likes Letterkenny? Okay. Alright. I bet I'll like that. I'm gonna That's check what it this out. Is, right? <laughs> I wish I could be an influencer. I think that'd be a pretty sweet gig, to be honest with oh, you. Oh man. Yeah, it would. I yeah, I couldn't. I could That's a lot of pressure. I'm not pretty enough is the problem. Yes, I you mean, are. But <laughs> I mean, post Malone. <laughs> but he's not an influencer; he's an entertainer. Well, why don't you just be an entertainer? Look at Cedric the Entertainer. You could be right. Kyle the Entertainer. It's you've got about the same comedic chops. <laughs> oh shit! That's a total <laughs> insult to both me and Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, take it I how you it. want. I don't know who it affects. <laughs> But like seriously, if I mean, if he can do it, you can do it. All right. Uh, so let me, I guess, let me start asking it this way, Mitchell. Do you remember how you came upon Letterkenny? You don't uh, at all. Not at all. I think it was just a clip on Facebook, or somebody at work was watching it. That's all <clears> right. <throat> so after I started watching it. I, that's how I was first exposed to it. There was a clip on Facebook, and it's the one where they're playing catch. Oh yeah, but that's not till season two, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's def- that, definitely I, not in the first one. I, I remember that clip <coughs> after I started watching the show. Uh, all right, I guess same question to you, Ryan. Do you know how you came across Letterkenny and started mm-hmm. watching it? Yeah, I uh, sure do. Uh, it was. Matt Cohen recommended to us. Oh, uh, at some point, and then I was like, "Oh, cool, Memory Banks." I'll I'll check it out at some point. And I was bored one night, late watching something on a Hulu, needed something else, and saw Letterkenny. I was like, "Oh, Ben recommended me the show," and I was like, "Oh, Ben loved the show. I'll give it a shot." And for some reason, I just associated it to Ben from that point forward. And I remember like going into the chat and be like, "Ben." The show is fucking great. Like you killed on this letter, Kenny recommendation. He's like, "Yeah, I didn't recommend I never that recommended to you, that. but good for you." I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" And who did- oh, it wasn't Ben. And so <laughs> I had some work around to do, but yeah, Matt Matt introduced it to us, and it was it's it's right up my alley for sure. It's off beaten, really something. <laughs> well, so all right. At this point, we are into letter, Kenny talk. Um, and I want to go ahead and, and like jump out of the gate and kind of get the elephant in the room out of the way. And that would be any comparisons to uh, Trailer Park Boys. Because well, I never watched that, so I'm right. out. So you never watched it. Um, okay. And I think what I, I just want to say, I don't think any comparison is fair. Um, I think Letterkenny is a better written and better acted show. All around. And better shot, better edited. Yeah. Um, Just quality in ways Trailer Park Boys does not have. And I, and this is as somebody who enjoys Trailer Park Boys. Same here. Um, But I'm with you on that. It's definitely a bump up in quality, I think, 
everywhere in this show. Um, all right. So there's, I guess Mitchell's never seen trailer park boys, so there's not much to get out of the way there. That's Uh, okay. Um, I, I will say, I, I mean, we can do it real quick, but I think to compare the two shows are a little bit of a disservice. I think they're both Canadian and they're both niche, but that is it. I think they're also Um, both a little bit blue collar, which, but Uh, Letterkenny does it way smarter. hmm. You're not wrong. Uh, it definitely, none of these people are really, really rich or well off. This is definitely, you can tell a, uh, they're salt of the earth people. They, uh, yes, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, trailer park boys, they are, they are trash. Like they are garbage characters. And I think much more crass and repetitive. Um, Letterkenny has heart. Letterkenny has a lot of heart, and it You're really cares about characters. You're breaking down like my final argument about the show. So. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I mean, fucking, no. like, we can just delve into it, but I think that's I think that's the big difference between the two. Is Trailer agree. Park Boys is very cold and very kind of mean-spirited at times, which is fine, and that humor works, but like The Office, like Parks and Rec, I love comedies where I care about the characters. Mm-hmm. I think that really just puts into the top character. And Letterkenny is a show where, like, even the most offbeat, weird, absurd character that you meet at the start grows into somebody you love by, like, a season or two in from that character's oh, introduction. Stuart. Like, Stuart. <laughs> like so, so many of them like yeah. rolled i love rolled and rolled's almost nothing in this season like he he's a nothing character but he gets to be somebody and he's even somebody like i i really enjoy mcmurray is oh, hardly McMurray, in this season man. and becomes great but like there's a lot of people who really you just end up loving and this show is like the simpsons or something it just has a huge cast that is just winners all around. I think they're all funny and they're all in And like everybody their gets writing. their moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is. So I want to spread off even more on your characters and your description of them because I have literally the exact same feelings. Like the things that really help this show like just excel and hit these crazy heights are these unique characters that feel lived in they feel authentic like wayne and uh you know squirrely dan the sister they're hockey guys they all feel real they're a little bit ramped up for like stereotypical comedic effect but on a whole like you feel like you would see all of those people in real life at any given moment so it it gives Mm -hmm. this level of like realism and you can relate a lot more because of that and it's just it's a wonderful little touch that this show just fully grasps and it you mm-hmm. get hints of it in this season and this it's really weird cuz most times I don't like first seasons of shows but even in this one you get the idea of this show and pretty much what it represents and it's so fucking finely tuned that they make little alterations throughout the rest of the series like it has got its voice so early on mm-hmm. and it's amazingly well crafted Oh, yeah. yeah. I think another, another word so I would to add to that YouTube. is... Hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. I like, it stays yeah, so true to, to the their origin. YouTube roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go, Mitch. I think sorry. we talked over bad. each other. Mitch, I think <laughs> yeah. you should... Yeah, go. Please give us the, the origin of how Letterkenny started. 
Yeah, so Jared Kizo, who plays Wayne, started it on uh, YouTube with the guy who plays Daryl, and it was basically just like the cold opens that they do before every episode, and they would just go back and forth with stuff like that. Yeah, the quick wordplay and puns and throwing things off each other real quick. Almost the improv, like, theater games, if you will. Like, the warm-ups that you would do sometimes. It's it's that, and it's very clever. It's very, as you said, Kyle, smart and uh, confident. Really confident. For sure. The bat. Uh, on those cold opens, it wasn't... So they do a new one every season that I didn't even pick up on until Mitchell pointed out to me. But, like, at the start, they do this whole list of things that are related, but they work through the alphabet as well mm-hmm. as they're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of head shaking there. I know. I'm trying trying to throw you the ball, and you're just like, "Uh huh." And I'm like, "No, Mitchell, talk about it." I know. I I feel like I've been talking a lot. That's why I'm trying to let Mitchell take this ball. No, who wants Uh, the ball? Who wants the ball? See, it's like um, in semi-pro. Give me the ball. No, no, no. I don't like it right now. You take it. All right, give it to me. Only if it's good with you. Only if it's good with you. And we're back to semi-pro as well. I fucking yes. Semi pro is great. I just semi pro is great. Everybody that. love everybody. Um, <laughs> son of a bitch. So fucking letter also Kenny. Benjamin Andres. There we go. I'm, I'm not letting Mitchell get out of this. Mitchell, what the hell is Letter Kenny? Break. Give me a, a synopsis of this show. What is it about? Uh it's about three different groups of people mm-hmm. and how they interact with each other on their day to day basis. Yeah. And they basically try to find who, in this season in particular, it breaks down to who's the toughest guy in Letterkenny. And I think this show does a really good job for the first season, just really getting you into the characters. Mm-hmm. And like we, you guys have already talked about, is that it stays with those characters. Because other times in shows, you see such a drastic difference between seasons when the shows are just yeah. starting out. Office. Michael Scott season one versus Michael Scott season two. Huge difference. I'll send uh, you a video on that. Leslie, but, nope. Season yeah. one, season two. Um, mm-hmm. very yeah. similar. It's again to bring back these characters. Like, there's just something in the way that they feel. Again, like they react the way a real person would. It's like the same reason that I really enjoy King of the Hill. It feels authentic. It's not super elaborate uh, problems that these people are up against. Like it's Mm -hmm. in this season, it's, uh, you know, drugs are a sort of a problem. Uh, Local toughness. What's crazy to me is that this show is, is very forward thinking and almost very progressive, but it also does get back to those, like also like hardcore rule roots of like, being the toughest guy too like it's also got this weird embracement of machismo well but like on this super respectful level it's a weird mix that honestly I feel works very well here's the thing Wayne is super masculine he is machismo every sense but you can do that and still be respectable and they nail that perfectly with him I, I, I agree this is one of the reasons I fell in love with the show was right away like they they do some uh what is it Wayne is joked about being on Tinder 
So everybody starts to razz him about like surfing the other side and all this stuff. And outside they start to go through like the grinder. That's right. Sorry. I don't know my terminology well. Uh, (laughs) But he goes outside to the skids who all take his phone and start giving him shit, calling him names. And then Rold's like, hey guys, I don't know how to feel. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable about this. And then he's just like, (laughs) Rold, we support you, but not now. And it's like that. Just that is enough to like kind of hand wave any any possible mean spiritedness out of it and it's like no we're not shitty about this we're cool it's specifically just giving this this fucking shirt tucker a hard time you know <laughs> it's it, it's going back to that heart in the sleeve like this show has a heart and like even the skids by the end of it like stewart and wayne don't see eye to eye at all but Wayne goes to bat for Stewart at because the end of the season, Stewart's and Wayne's a stand-up guy. Yeah. Exactly, and it's 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 that respect. It is just that good old. I don't know. It's it's kind of looking out for your fellow man, looking out for your neighbor, in a very very uncynical way. Yeah. And goddamn, it's appreciated. It's small town stuff. Um. As we're talking about that, I had this. This is probably a good spot for my question. Okay, go the for one it. thing I prepared for this. Go okay. Go ahead, Mitchell. So we have the Hicks, the Skids, and the hockey players. Uh huh. Yeah. Which we haven't talked about yet, but which one would you categorize yourself as? Somewhere between the Skid and the Hick. I've got a little bit of, I, honestly, Squirrely Dan, I've got a lot of Squirrely Dan in me, especially his very progressive kind of thinkings and stuff, uh, especially later on Squirrely Dan. I feel I'm very in line Squirrely Dan later on, um, but mixed with a little bit of maybe Stuart, but toned down <laughs> way, way toned down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd gotcha. say I'm more of a mix of the skids and probably the hockey players because interesting. I'm, <laughs> I'm the dorky, nerdy dude, but I'm also real go along, get along with everybody, and I'm kind of a meathead bro at the same time. So okay, I get it. I can and see I that. Don't, yeah, I don't like hard work or chores, so I'm definitely not one of the hicks. Yeah, but all those burpees, man! All those burpees, brah. I know, so that's where, you know, I'm not in the workout section with the hockey bros, but I'm in the the laid-back lifestyle and out-of-town snipes and blowies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you got to do all the other work around that part, though, too. <laughs> if it's a mix, not all of it. It's a mix. There you go. I what about you, Mitchell? There. Where are you there, seeing there. yourself? I was, I was going to say the, the hicks and the hockey players. So we got what? a nice mix here. I say so. Wow. Mixing yeah. between everybody. Interesting. So Mostly you don't because see any I do of like the, the skids in yourself. I don't no, see God, any. No. Of, I don't see any of the skids in Mitchell. Outside of uh, <laughs> video game at one enjoyment, point they talk about Sega NHL, and <laughs> that oh, could be it. That's where you identify <laughs> with Mitch on is the Sega NHL. They do. I, yeah, Mitch probably played Perfect. NHL '95 on Sega. I played right. NHL 95 on Sega. Of course. Paul Coffey on the I Pittsburgh see, Penguins. You? you know what I'm saying? Paul Coffey. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody but knows yeah, No, Paul I like Coffey. all the chorn and stuff, but God, am I obnoxious sometimes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So 
we have talked about the Hicks. Let's talk about the Skids a little bit. Okay. Ryan, you break down the Skids How for are we us. Talk about the Skids. All right, the Skids are a lovely, colorful bunch. The Skids are a bunch of degens who are. <laughs> drug addled especially with meth in this first season yeah uh it's very yep. heavy heavily meth focused and uh there's a little bit of a connection with Stuart and katie i guess they went to school together Stuart's maybe like the de facto leader slash maybe number two there's kind of a, a rivalry between yeah a little bit uh but, but- Stuart and Katie have this relationship and she knew him long before he got into meth and he kind of has this arc where he gets out of meth. The rest of the skids really don't do much besides smoke on vape pens and then chuckle, laugh and dance <laughs> to, to sick EDM beats, <laughs> I guess. That's that's about it, which honestly, I, I love the the dancing cutaways in this first season are some of my favorites. And they're all super slow mode <laughs> out. And yes, the what? All right, the rave, the the one that ends at the rave with Stuart, like it oh. stood up, nobody's there, yeah. and it's like that sad zoom into the eyes intermix with them fucking dancing outside and him getting back into drugs hard, is like <laughs> fucking legit, well shot, like cinematography scene. It's great. It's so good. That one also hits you right in the feels when like he walks out and there's nobody fucking there, all pumped up. Yeah, 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 but they it, do the the real good, funny, sad because he's immediately engulfed in like this smoke cloud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot like Job almost from Arrested Development. He's a real tragic, sad, sad character in this first season. For sure, I think he's still Stewart is folly a lot. Be, the skids in general are because I mean, also mm-hmm. that's kind of what skids are. They're fucking. Degen fuck ups who don't do anything right. So, um, yeah. And well, then we- to a point. I mean, it's as in good shows they do grow. Later on, we won't talk about it, but like they, I feel like Stewart specifically is in a very, very different place in like season seven or eight, whatever the latest season is. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is much much more confident. Like. He's got like that business going on with the the ladies who are trying to not get roofied. Again, speaking to like the very progressive kind of <laughs> thoughts in the show, like they start their own drug business. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say it's very, very different. All right. Um, let's talk about the Hicks a little bit. And, and specifically, let's kind of break down all four of the Hicks. Yeah, I think there's much more we'll to save talk the best about for here. last. Well, then what? In the Hicks or the Skids? Much more to talk about with the Hicks than okay, the Skids yeah. in this first season. Um, Mitchell, I'd like you to give me the pleasure. Break down Wayne for me. Explain Wayne. Wayne. This is a guy who owns a farm. <laughs> and his sister lives with him. And uh, they make their money by, I guess, farming and, and choring. <laughs> And they run a produce stand, so a lot of the action in season one and beyond happens at this produce stand uh-huh. uh, for them to get money. Mm-hmm. And then, like we said earlier, he's just a uh, guy who starts out um, really quiet. He's starting to get picked on, which he's not used to. 
and he has just gone through a breakup. Uh huh. And uh, he kind of just takes all this grief from everybody until at the end of the first episode, where he just starts exp- he explodes and gets back into fighting by beating up his ex sweetie's new boyfriend. Beats the shit out of that to become guy. Become the toughest but guy in Letter Kenny as the season goes. It's also goes a very sweet scene. Well, and also he <laughs> a is weirdly again, sweet scene. He's he's saving somebody from Letter Kenny because this guy kicks this other dude into the trash, and the new sweetie's boyfriend is he's from the big city. He's not from Letter Kenny, and so Wayne beats he's him up also this for drunk. That. Yeah. <laughs> Who kicks him into the trash yelling, this is Sparta, while recording it. <laughs> and this, like, goes to Wayne where he's, like, fashion. <laughs> a really good guy, but also has to stand by his morals and what he believes. Because when you come to the yeah. super soft birthday party, yeah, and uh, Joint Boy rolls up, and he's like, hey, we don't have to fight because you helped my cousin. And he's like, mm-hmm. nah, man. We are we we we're done talking. Yeah, was, we'll see who's the toughest is. No, he's like, yeah, you he, showed up at my at my friend's birthday party making a scene, and he he feels offended. He's like, no, we're gonna fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but also, yeah, no. Oh, go ahead. Okay, well, I was just gonna say everything you're saying, Mitch. It's he is a man of character, uh, moral stand up. Like he has his flaws and all, but like really, like I think Wayne. Is essentially like Captain America, but for Canada. He is he is that same kind of stand-up character. He is very predictable. He's very tried and true. He's always going to do what he believes in. No matter what, he's not going to be deterred. I I love Wayne as a character. And here's... Fuck it. I'm going to die on this hill. Squirrely Dan's funny. Squirrely Dan's really funny. Wayne's the best hit character. It, so he I is don't think- the best. I don't think you got to die on a hill. I think he's the best character. I, I will die think, on that hill. I don't think Squirrely Dan I'm is. I'm dead. I'm already he's dead. Not, Just like, oh, Apocalypse happened. I'm dead on that hill. <laughs> Squirrely Dan, is. he's not my favorite character either. So you're not dying on any hill, I think. Each character relates. Oh, Squirrely Dan. I, I He's a close number two for me, to be honest. Yeah. What? A, well, anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're getting in the weeds about the characters, and we have not finished about talking about wayne or we've not got to another one yeah before we move on from wayne i want to bring up something that's kind of just a throwaway mention in the super soft birthday episode which i believe is episode two yep yeah this is um so uh do you guys get the i think there's the theory that kate or katie and wayne grew up i think it's mormon because they mentioned that their parents never let them celebrate birthdays and that's why they kind of Embrace the super soft birthday so hard. Huh. And that would also uh, maybe explain why Katie is so rebellious against clothing and. <laughs> and so sexually free and promiscuous. As, uh, yeah. Wayne would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's a, I can buy that theory. That's I, I didn't pick up on that at all. That If that is something, I, I that's something that slipped my radar now four times seeing this first season also i think <laughs> not only do they uh they make money from the produce stand i believe also they sell the german shepherd puppies right yep well it's it's a mixture of all things they also get money for helping with the the raccoon in the church 
Uh, yeah. Or the possum. Sorry, the possum, not the raccoon. Uh, um, I th- it's just small town hustling, everything. Yeah. yeah, just you gotta you make money how you make yeah, money. You gotta have that hick hustle. All right, Mitchell. So he was mentioned already a little bit. Please tell us about Squirrely Dan. Ah, uh, Squirrely Dan, one of Wayne's best friends. Uh huh. Who's full of stories? <laughs> talks. Very funny. Yeah. Because he adds S's to words that don't need S's. No. But Squirrely Dan is a man full of wisdom. He is full of wisdoms. (laughs) I think (laughs) he's the wisest of them all. Of all the hicks. I think he is the wisest. But you wouldn't know it with his accent and uh, the way he speaks. Which I think is hilarious. It is. I don't understand how that guy could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, that that's like I figured like if you watch his stand up he yeah. doesn't do that but you think it would be like the way he talks all the time because that's yeah. got to be yeah. so hard to do yeah he does it yeah. very well again it's these minute details of these characters that feel lived in and feel authentic um speaking mm-hmm. of lived in and authentic Mitchell tell me about Daryl Daryl is Wayne's first best friend ever. Uh-huh. He he wears um coveralls uh-huh. all the time. Yep, all the fucking uh, he's time. He's always at Wayne and Katie's house. And it seems like Wayne or Katie and him don't get along. Which Yeah. Yeah. I picked up on it as like more of a brother sister rivalry because Daryl's been around in their lives so long that like it's just that naturalness of it. Could be. Could be. They, I, I definitely got the sense that there was a little bit of animosity, especially on Katie's end, towards Derry. I don't know about Derry backwards, but also they kind yeah, of... Yeah, I feel like... ...subtly put in that Derry's kind of slow on the uptake, right? Like, he's not really the brightest of the, the bunch, right? Yeah. Yeah, in this season... <laughs> Yeah. For sure. He, he's, I, it, I think it's like what Kyle said is like, you do end up getting that eventually. But like these first six episodes, she's very cold to him, I think. And yeah. like he might have that brother sister thing, but she's like, I can't fucking stand you. <laughs> yeah, I picked up on that for sure. Um, So there's the last one. Mitchell, please break down Katie for me. That is Wayne's hot sister. Oh, yes. Who, like we said, is rebellious of clothes. Uh-huh. Is mm-hmm. sexually open to different activities, since she has two boyfriends at the beginning of this episode. She season. does. Yep. Goes on to be pretty much bisexual later on, right? She's very open about women, too. She messes around with <laughs> or at least uh, the idea Bonnie of trying McMurray it. and the... Especially, at least Bonnie the Mrs. McMurray. McMurray. The Mrs. McMurray, No, she too. wants to with Bonnie. That's right. But, but she, she does something with Mrs. Uh, McMurray. That's right. That's right. I see you right. Yeah. I remember when I did start watching this show, I wrote both of you, and I was like, why didn't you tell me that the sister was super hot and slutty? I would have watched forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> you did so much... So much more good about this show. I know that it's amazing talking about. <laughs> but man, the sister is pretty fucking smoking in this show. 
And that's what I appreciate about her. That's, that's how what you appreciate oh, about her. Oh, is that her. is that what you appreciate about me, Big Dan? Uh, so, Not Big Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this aspect a little bit. Uh, because this show is a show that is based and rooted in like all of these catchphrases that we get introduced to like I think four or five of Art. them in this first season. And then like oh, in the first episode. Even more than that, there's so much Canadian jargon and like Canadian specifically rural jargon. Yeah. Like it's every episode, Mitch, like you're right, six or at least six or so every episode. You get a lot. What are it was funny because you said something about trailer park boys being repetitive. Mm -hmm. But like the first all these quotes you see in the first three episodes are the only ones people ever use, and they fucking continued all the way through. So I thought that was funny that you said that earlier. Well, well but the difference the thing, like, is yeah. you can have repetitive dialogue or catchphrases or whatever, but the storylines are different. The characters have different growths or different arcs. There are different comedic beats. The way you use those catchphrases are, are different com yes. comedic. Yes. Trailer yeah. Park Boys really is not that. It is pretty much just like, it's the same thing. Bubbles has a weird glasses and says cock in things like helicopter or helicopter sucker. I don't know. And then Ricky's an idiot and Julian drinks and is kind of a jerk and tells what people what to do, but doesn't really ever have the plan. That's it. Over and over again. Then they go to jail and get out. Yep. Then they do the same thing, they have another plan, they go to jail and they get out. And they have another plan, okay. they go to jail and they get out, and it's the fucking same thing every season. Gotcha. It, up until they ran out of ideas, which is hilarious, because I would say they ran out of ideas two seasons in, yeah. where they start going all around the world to different places, and like they have like a tour company that wants them to do our tour and starts fucking them over. I'm like, oh... It only took 11 seasons to get here where you had something new to say. And by that point, I don't care. <laughs> but like Letterkenny, guys, is fantastic. Letterkenny. So Letterkenny, like you said, it does repeat a lot of the same catchphrases. But what's nice is that they're almost always like used in different new ways. Like you don't generally see said catchphrase coming. And when they do come in, it's mm -hmm. always enjoyable. Like uh, the pitter patter. Let's get at her is said a couple times by Wayne and then it's said by somebody else completely differently like in episode four and it it's funny and it catches you off guard and you chuckle at it again because they they're constantly mixing up these tropes that the show is based in in this nice mm -hmm. refreshing way every time almost even in this first season you see him setting the groundwork for a lot of things that'll become established as the show goes on but mm -hmm. I want to know what some of your guys' favorite catchphrases are in the show. Mitchell, how about you, buddy? This must be where the dicks hang out. <laughs> There's two guys that say it, right? Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to use a urinal. I always forget, but then I watch this again, and I was like, oh, yeah. No, I got to find a full bathroom. <laughs> this must be where all the That's dicks hang one. out. And then I love how Wayne is... He's... Ah! God damn it. McMurray. Oh, I want to talk about McMurray, but we'll come back to him. Ryan, what's, right. a, what's a catchphrase that you love? It's going to be a weird one, but I goddamn love the coach. And I love fucking, fucking embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah. 
And the, he, he doesn't do it in this season, but specifically he when he time. starts kicking the trash oh, can. The trash can, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. when it fucking pops up. It's my favorite thing Just of all skyrockets. time. Just skyrockets. It's the best. It's the best thing. Right? In this season, it's good. But when he starts kicking the trash can and doing it, that's uh, fucking amazing. I love it. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, I <laughs> what about am you? A, I'm a real big fan of, it's simple, it's easy, it's Ferda. I love Ferda. Uh, Ferda, because Ferda stands for uh-huh. Ferda Boys or for the boys. But yeah, I, I love it. We get it a little bit with the hockey bros, who I fucking love so much. Um, so obnoxious. Oh, I know, but they're so fucking good. They play <laughs> those two characters. We've not so talked well. about the hockey boys, Riley yeah. and Jonesy. I think we need to talk about the hockey boys. Okay. Which would be Kyle, because he made us do the other ones. That's right. Good call, Mitch. Good call. So, Riley and Jonesy are Katie's two boyfriends who drive a red Jeep Wrangler. And uh, they listen to hip-hop. And they're very obnoxious to Wayne and their friends and all of their sensibilities. Um, But they love hockey. They're on the the semi-pro Hockey League in Letterkenny, right? Again, we're saying semi-pro. See how it's all cyclical people? You're really trying so hard to make this failed intro work. I love it. That's what makes it work, though. (laughs) Staying true to it. So the hockey bros, but they are literally, they are the definition of hockey bros. They are bros to the core. Like, everything they talk about is like working out, banging chicks, or hockey. But they're also like... Those two dudes fucking love each other on like this crazy level that I really identify with that I try to love all of my male friends on that level. It's because it's just pure. They just they really enjoy each other and their company. They're always hanging out together. You never see them alone or very rarely. They do kind of have this weird breakup, but that's like season five. I think I would say four or mm-hmm. five. There's like th- two, three episodes where they don't yeah. aren't near each other, but every other shot, I think they're both in. They're always together and they're always hanging out, and they're just they're the definition of camaraderie to me. And I love those two dudes. They're so authentically warm. They always have each other's back, and uh, they're so fucking stupid. I love that. <laughs> they're they are so dumb, but they're also like they're sweet little dumb children that you kind exactly. of feel bad for exactly because I, that the very the first scene is wayne almost wayne and Derry tearing them a new one as they pull up into the drive-thru <laughs> and he catches them at the God. end and he goes jinx owes me a coke and then one of them i forget who under their breath goes i'll never buy you a coke just like real <laughs> sadly and it's it it sold me on them right then and there i was like i love i love these characters fantastic i think that first like three minutes like is that is that the cold i think that might be the cold open or right afterwards that Uh hooks you so fast that you're like all right i guess i'll lock in Mm -hmm. it really does Mm -hmm. like that again it sets up almost the entire show and what is going to be happening in every episode Agreed. Um, just like 17 quick insults back and forth (laughs) or like yeah or like something like 17 quick sentences about one topic Mm-hmm. Like when they start uh-huh. talking about the um, tearing your scrotal sack after a skateboard trick. Oh, yes. And how they just dig deeper, not only into the scrotum and male genitalia, but like into the joke. Mm-hmm. It's 
So that's another thing about the show. It's great. It's it's very meta, and everything is on. It's like layers and layers, and it's some of that type of humor. And, and Tim and Eric does this a lot. Where like they take a subject and you just fucking bash it in the brains by talking about it for like five minutes to the point that like it's funny and then it's not funny and then you hate it and then it's fucking hilarious. It's like this crazy <laughs> thing that you go through to where finally it's the funniest thing you've ever heard. And that's kind of what this show does on a meta level with so many of these jokes. Like with the one about uh, Derry and his new found way of hitting on chicks by casually <laughs> saying 90s R&B song lyrics to them. And his reasoning for it is this long rambling thing that essentially is like, oh yeah, she's heard it, but she doesn't know where she's heard it. And it's familiar to her, so it takes down those defenses. And it's very, like, almost... <laughs> George Costanza-esque, this elaborate plan to, like, take a woman out of her comfort zone and make her pay attention to him. It's brilliant. There, that is... that the is fuck did you just say to me? Such, that is such a good call on the, the George Costanza and Seinfeld, and I don't think I ever pieced that together, but there is that, because in the whole one where they're at the bar trying to do the wingman for Wayne and get him back out into the scene... It's that Seinfeld breakdown of like, oh, we're going to break down exactly like that girl's into you because of the big eyes. Oh, you don't know what a big eyes are? Yeah. It's when yeah. they do this. And and that's that's what Seinfeld did. Uh-huh. Beat for beat. They break it's a down show like about nothing, man. ways people act. It is. Uh-huh. It is. It's great. But but with heart, because Seinfeld yeah. does not have heart. No, Seinfeld's, <laughs> Seinfeld's the cold, super brutal cold. The yeah. New York east coast brutality of living which is again great in its own way but it's <laughs> that w- that's like the one distinguishing fact otherwise yeah it's that same kind of look at wow people are fucked up in this way this is how we can do this um i want to talk get, about mcmurray let's talk about mcmurray please and i need to grab a beer while we talk about mcmurray but I'm going to start it, and then yeah, you guys are going to talk about McMurray a little bit while I grab this beer, but I'll still be able to hear. Anyways. At this point, we are not even just having you sneak out and somebody vamp. We are literally talking to the audience <laughs> as you are doing it. Yep. We are going <laughs> Fantastic. to. Fantastic. This is modern okay, I just technology. I want to point that out. All uh-huh. right. All right. Okay. We're good. Uh, so McMurray, again, what's great <laughs> is that I'd say he's a secondary character. But McMurray oh, yeah. gets firmly established in this first season for what he is. His speaking mannerism is the funniest fucking thing in the world to me. And we even get introduced sure. to his mm. wife. How the hell are you, Wayne? <laughs> That's another great good catchphrase you? I love. The, the good and you. Uh, not so bad. Oh, about they're, the, the way they do it with each other. Yeah. Top notch. <laughs> every time. And it uh-huh. just it gets just better. Start- interrupting each other and stepping over each other it's great <laughs> or when like when wayne's pissed at him and just wants him to shut up but he still goes through the whole rigmarole and yeah, also bad memory how about yourself he's but he's so pissed the entire time <laughs> but like they it's this weird ritual that they have to do it's a beautiful thing uh mcmurray he's a weird weird fucking guy man he's we made- don't know how weird at this point and At this, this point, is, he's so no. pretty restrained. But the, the, he's he's still odd to me just in the way that he speaks. And this is after we've met the preacher. 
Oh, oh Glenn, we didn't even talk about Glenn. <laughs> we fucking Glenn. We'll, we'll come back to Glenn too. But we've met the fucking it's so skits. hot as hair. <laughs> we've met. We've Wayne. Met the, we've met the hockey bros, and yet McMurray's speaking mannerism is still so fucking odd that it instantly like sticks in you because he like purses lips out. Yeah, wait. Well, how are you? Uh huh. <laughs> not so bad. How about you show? The way it, it's just so. Fu- I can't even do a great representation of it. But I love every time McMurray's on the screen. Like he, he had he had beaver eyes. Beaver eyes. <laughs> look at me, Wayne. Wayne. Wayne, look at me. Look at me, Wayne. <laughs> I love that. When and Wayne won't look at him in the fucking in the toilet. Wayne refuses. And again, that's another characteristic of Wayne. Like his staunch, like not going to give in this to that character. Uh-huh. That's the way that he's built. And oh, it's just beautiful. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I agree. And then I even, did, the one thing I could say, just not enough McMurray in this first season. That would be my one negative about McMurray. Just not enough yet. They only don't because you know where he's going. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, he really does become like, he's in every episode in season two forward. He is yeah, I think so. in maybe two or three episodes in season one. Like they really. Is he in every episode not going forward? Him. He shows up almost all the time. In future seasons, I might be wrong about every episode, but like he is, I but think, as much of a player as Stuart, if not more so. So, Mitchell, you know, kind of a lot of the ins and outs of this show. Do you know the backstory to McMurray, how he is involved with these people at all? I think he's just a. Another town guy, and then it's not until season two where you find out he's the president of the ag hall and somewhere they hang out. Well, so meant, like he's a fixture in the community. Yeah, but I'm I meant more like the actual actor. Like, how does he know uh, Jared and all those? Oh, guys? how does he know? No idea. None. Okay, I didn't know if I'm nope. sorry to put you on the spot. I thought maybe you would have, <laughs> but uh, he might just be an actor. I know, I know for sure yeah. Glenn writes. That's what with, I was going to say. Glenn is yeah. based with him too, right? It was him, Glenn, yeah. and Daryl. They were all kind yeah. of. But you know what going, Glenn's relation in with? In the show, I think Glenn writes the show with uh, Jared Kiso. Oh, okay. Jacob, so. Jacob something. I can't remember the last name. But yeah, okay. he writes it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even directed Did you guys notice? at least one or two episodes, I think. Do you guys notice between episode one and two? That the beginning changes? No. No. So, th- <laughs> nice, you guys both made the same face. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> no, so, um, at the beginning of every episode, they do the uh-huh. 5,000 people live in Letterkenny. Yeah. That first episode in the pilot, it says, Letterkenny has a population that includes hicks, skids, hockey players, and Christians. Ah. These are their problems. They really, you know what, going forward, they don't really uh, talk about the Christians. Exactly. So, yeah. like, as soon as you got to episode two, it changed to 5,000 people in Letterkenny. Huh. I wonder why And got why away that from, was. like, segregating them. Huh. That's uh, interesting. I they think got that's... instant blowback from the Christian community? Uh, <laughs> I guess so. They realized they're not really going to focus on the Christians? I don't know. I, I would buy that because they then introduce an Amish family later and then it goes so over the top sexually with that family. And it yeah, couldn't no, like blow back. Amazing. It's like, huh? Well, I can 
I'll say for the first episode, if there are four groups in that first episode and the Christians are one of those groups, I think they're probably like the weakest in terms of comedy outside of Glenn. I think rightfully they brought Glenn forward going yep. on, but the the assistant Glenn's Bush weird child Asian bride child wife. Yep. is super weird. I'm there's a lot of things in that first episode that I'm glad died in that Christian line <laughs> really fast. Like yeah. <laughs> like so they go to the youth group, but how old are these guys? They drink all the time, but it never really says. Yeah. But then they uh-huh. joke about it. Like, I don't know if it's in episode one right afterwards or what, <laughs> but they like, which ones, the 12 year olds or the 13 year olds? <laughs> that is episode one. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise they don't talk about it again. You're right. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a weird, interesting thing too. They, I don't know. Uh, what? Well, anyway. That's I like that they got rid of them, but I like that we still kept Glenn around. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think Glenn's the easily the best part of the Christian. I didn't stuff. care about any of the child bride and like the the Asian girlfriend and st- like it didn't matter. Like Glenn was who mm. was enjoyable to watch, and I'm glad that he stuck around from that. Yeah, I I I bust my shit up every time <laughs> <laughs> he talks about the ditch. Oh, you don't like the ditch? <laughs> Oh, you know, I just like to like, I like to rip a fat solo on the didge every now and again. (laughs) It's, it's, it is a character that is as eccentric as Thomas Lennon in Reno 911. And I really appreciate that because it's not just like, oh, they're two gay characters and that's why it's funny. It's how weird they get with that character and like like their weirdest eccentricities and and the lengths at which that character will go, Luke, uh, especially later on. <laughs> Dangle is generally seen as portrayed as still being in the closet, whereas Glenn, even as a preacher, is pretty mm. much like adamantly an out-and-out homosexual. Oh, uh, was that... It's been so long since I've seen Reno 911. Was that that he was not even out in the show? That was, was always the, the joke, joke that, like, was, uh, every time somebody would say he was gay, he'd be like, what? No, no, what? No. Like, you're all wrong. Uh, like, but, like, it, it, in this episode, like, uh, when they're directing the commercial for uh, McMurray for Ag Center President. That's season two, though. Is that season two? Mm-hmm. See, I told you they started season to mix two. up with me. Shit. Oh, they do really fast. Ah. Uh, yeah. Damn it. That's one thing that's not been said about this show and why I think it's an easy recommendation to anybody is it's it's a half hour comedy that's really only like 22 minutes or so mm-hmm. and there's only six in a season sometimes it gets bloated to like eight yeah they're real quick and easy and digestible and like shit happens characters go through arcs that take a full like office season of 24 episodes in six episodes and it's great it's efficient it's smart it's it's well timed well edited mm-hmm Easy and you said you watched season one four times now, and I'm sure you've heard By a new point. joke. Yeah. Just because they're going so fast. A lot or, of times. or you pick up on things later. It's like, oh, I missed that completely because I don't think I knew what a Donnybrook was e- even at this point. Like, that took me a while yep. to understand what a Donnybrook was. So, has this, I take it, that was my next question. The show has made me look up a couple of 
uh, Canadian oh, yeah. turns of phrase, so to speak. I assume you both have done that. Mm-hmm. Or, I, I like the clip that uh, Jared Kiesel was on a radio show and explained yes. a bunch of them. Yes, that's a great clip. I know that exactly. definitely helped. I'll put that mm-hmm. underneath in the Facebook link for this episode. I'll, I'll, I'll link because it's a great, it's a great one. Him talking about him. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the things that maybe we don't like about maybe not this show, maybe just the first season. I know Ryan's got some things here. Um, I definitely have one. I want to know in a show based on its characters. Is there a character you guys don't like seeing? Mitchell, I want to start with you. Um, so the power struggle between Stuart and whatever that guy's name. Other is. guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they got rid of the other guy. Uh-huh. They do eventually. That's uh-huh. like a season two pop- plot point, I believe. Yeah, I think he's done after season one or... Season two, mm, I think. Whatever, but... I don't really think that guy brings anything to the table. Agreed. <clears throat> Hopefully he just ran away with fart book and we're never seeing them again. <laughs> uh-huh. Good, uh-huh. Good precog. What, what about you, Ryan? Is there a character that you don't like on the show? One that still has not grown on me, even many, many seasons on. Or they might have like a, a good line every now and then. Gail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really. If you didn't like, say that, that was the one I was gonna. That's come that's what I was focused on. I don't like Gail at all. I Especially for somebody who's still all the way to season eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like they clearly somebody thinks she's really funny and, and killing it, but I, I'm. It's not me. I'm she not. She gets better that. later, but like this first season, like her two big jokes are talking about cleansing and shitting all the time, and yeah. then like. Being overtly pent up horny towards everything and like specifically sexual, yeah, but without the heart of some of the other characters, like that's that's what tones them down. Like Mick Murray, you can see the heart. Riley and Jonesy, even though they're ramped up, you see the heart. Gail, I don't think you really ever see that. They don't do anything to tie you down emotionally to her. That that's nothing more than a joke. I don't think she ever really. Becomes more than a a, a joke character. Eh. Yeah, I agree. There, Gail's Gail's really yeah. the only part of the show I don't like either. Yeah, yeah. I will say Bonnie McMurray is not much in this first season. She's only in one episode, I think. But they give her a lot to do, and she is a horrible actress. And is oh, not good. I love I love Bonnie. Her oh, comedic wait. timing is garbage. She's not thinking- good. What's McMurray's wife's name? Because she is a treat. Oh, Mrs. I agree. But yeah, Bonnie yes. McMurray is not a good actress. No, she's the, uh, she's the there because she's pretty. Fantastic. Yeah, the mom, not in first season, sadly. Well, she doesn't get much. She is pretty. She does talk about he's making the goddamn weakest G&T she's ever had. She loves gin and tonics. I think that might be season two. It might be. God damn yeah, it. I, think, I thought that was. Yeah, she meeting. doesn't. She doesn't show up till <sighs> season two. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you Fuck. just uh I should you have stopped watched watching Fuss at the it's Yeah, you, so you watch Fuss at the You Ag just Hall. keep wanting to watch, goddammit. You all should be watching <laughs> Letter Kenny, I'm telling you. This and now that me. Kyle's See, telling you the same thing, you know I stopped it. Good. Yeah. Now that I've said it, everybody out there should be listening and watching Letter yeah. Kenny. 
Yeah, no, as soon as Wayne got punched out. That's right. And season one ended, I fucking hit circle and I started back on episode one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't. If I watch any more, I'll start confusing it. Nope. Back back to season one. I was totally. Watch I even again. mentioned it to, I know at least you, Mitchell, but probably both of you like, oh, I should probably stop after season one, but I couldn't. And then exactly yeah. what I thought was going to happen happened. I'm mixing them up. It's a, well, yeah, it's honestly, it's a good sign. It's a good sign of quality that the show reeled you in. I fully agree. Um, honestly, not upset about it. Good, let's, uh, good job. Let's talk about, again, we'll talk about episode or episodes that we didn't like. And then yeah, we'll end we're dancing on, around the thing I think we I all know. don't like. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll end on the episode that we do like. And then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of okay. take it out from here. So let's go ahead and get it and out positive, of the like fucking it. way. Uh, what is the worst episode of this first season, Mitchell? Fart book. Yep. Oh, That's it. fucking fart book is the worst, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is one of those unfortunate season one episodes of a show that you have to like show people and be like, I promise this is not indicative of where it goes. It is much better than this. It's also I'm sorry, really this weird. is a twenty minute fart joke. Like it, it comes <laughs> out of nowhere and then never comes back like this style of humor and everything, like is so Yeah antithesis of the entire series like i don't get what the fuck is happening in this episode um i agree i every other makes you wonder like if if crave tv pissed them off somehow Mm. and they're they're kind of like we're gonna do the longest smartest fart like joke ever on tv and you're just gonna have to put it out now i'm gonna tell you guys honestly because if you think about it there's like little high points in there some but there are some overall there it's are. just bad but mm-hmm. overall like so you think like that's what makes me think of that like maybe somebody pissed them off and they're like all right well this is a whole episode about farts mm-hmm. all i know is that for it, real, it this, came out as a huge fart but this is the uh <laughs> the only time i've ever seen this episode in full was for watching it for this episode because every other time oh. i've watched this season i can't even finish this episode it's so not good and like you can you can fully skip over mm-hmm. it and not miss anything in this show. It's so it's such a weird I've, I've road that they go that, yeah. down. Yeah. I would totally recommend you skip Fart Book. It's and crazy it's, it's, like it's really dated. It's really dated humor because this show does Fart Book and this came out like years after what the league did a similar joke on like uh tacos Facebook ripoff kind of thing. Very similar to this, except it wasn't fart, it, but it was like face face wall or something. I don't remember what he called it. But yeah. he had his own thing, and that even felt like dated at the time that they came out, and that was like 10 yeah. years ago. Yep. I agree. I and know. it's also, I don't know. Yeah, all in all. Really missed it's the just, mark. What's crazy is that I'm looking at this first season on IMDb, and every episode has at least... Their, their lowest episode is an 8.2, except for Fart Book, which is 6.8. So yeah, we are not yeah. the only ones that don't like this. Fu- it's like universally not a good episode. People don't like it. I get it. I get um, it. It's it's the most juvenile crass thing they do in eight seasons by far. Yeah. It's just 
It's easy humor. That's that's even more what it is. It's just easy. But there's it's not like even a good, good two minute bit of like Squirrely Dan farting three times. This is all right. So this this is this joke emphasizes like the good little nuggets because there's two minutes of Squirrely Dan farting three times, which is not funny at all. But then Wayne likens it to a person always on camera smiling, ready to go, just like yeah. Ah, <laughs> I'm not buying it. And You're like, not real. Yeah. That's a that's a funny beat, but why do we need the two minutes of fart? And like, and you got to get that's through this episode. Another There's fifteen a good minutes of fart jokes before that, even. So yeah, it's yeah. I'm I'm glad we all agree, and I'm not just like the sore thumb who's just nope, like I don't like fart jokes. I just think these are really lame fart jokes. They really are. I I. It's a good point that Mitch fart joke because it was the whole thing. It's a it's a good point yeah. Mitchell brings up that I never thought about, but I do wonder. I think you're right. It's yeah. it, it was a total petty episode. <laughs> it's my head cannon yeah. now that they were pissed at somebody, and that's how they combated it. So, Larry Larry and Curb Your Enthusiasm's most recent season opens up a spite shop to spite somebody out of a coffee game because they they insulted him at one point. Yeah. This episode is a spite episode. I think I think you're right. I love the idea of it. Um. <laughs> It must be true. So I guess we're gonna we're gonna wrap these things down, wind them out. We're gonna pitter patter and let's get at her, boys. I want to know about favorite episode in season one. Ryan, I want to go with you first. Tell me, interesting. What's your favorite episode in season one? Uh, ooh, it's tough, but I I think Super Soft Birthday, the second episode, is the best one. Um, this is one that really doubles down on, like, the heart and soul of the show, while also, like, having, like, two really engaging plots, which is Derry's super soft birthday and everything around that and getting the shit together, but also the escalating mini-boss fights of Wayne going through and proving he's the toughest in the city. I think it's, it's one of those rare ones that everything works in this episode. Every plot's firing on all episodes. I love that episode. It's it's so good. I think this is... It's close between another episode, but I'll say this is my favorite. Okay. Mitchell, what about you, buddy? What's your favorite episode in this season? I'm going to need the titles so I remember which ones are which. Okay. Uh, so we've got... You're looking at IMDb. <laughs> I am. Uh, ain't No Reason nice. to Get Excited, which is the first episode. Yep. And then there's Super Soft Birthday... Then there's Fart Book. Then that there's <laughs> w- Wingman Wayne, where the uh, the college girls come back into town. And then there's Rave. And then there's a fuss in the back bush where the natives come in over the, the cigarette selling shortchanging. And the big rumble happens. Yeah. I was actually surprised when I rewatched this and I saw Tannis. Right? I thought that was a later addition to the show. Oh, we get Tannis early on. So I was really glad to see that. Thank God. Right? I love Tannis. Oh, God, I love Tannis. You swooned for Elastigirl. I fucking swooned hard for Tannis. I totally get it. I'm on that boat with you. Like, Tannis is thick. Tannis is trashy. Like, oh, yeah. She takes charge. I honestly... Mm. Ryan's into mm. that overbearing, <laughs> dominating woman aspect. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So would that be your favorite but, uh, episode, Mitchell? The one with Tannis? No, Wingman Wayne. Wingman number Wayne. four. Wingman Wayne's a pretty a good, good episode. I do like it again. To bring it back to the Seinfeld references we had earlier, just all those different ways. I think Wayne breaks down the three different types of girls. There's the 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 big eyes, the the touch and go, and uh, <laughs> the hair the hair touch, and he, uh-huh. he breaks oh, them yeah. all down. Oh, it's it's a fucking great episode. But then, like like we said, it like brings heart to the characters and everybody mm-hmm. else because you have Derry there, and like it's Wingman Wayne, and they're trying to get him laid. But he's like trying to help his buddies out. Yeah. And like he's being all nice and be like, she's totally into you. But they're all just doing this stuff to try to get get with Wayne. Yeah. They all <laughs> want Wayne. But they're he's trying to get them with him. And they're all like, Yeah, maybe after a couple of brews. And then we get the chick with the big fat ass in this fucking Oh god, best shot the whole season. <sighs> and then she's walking, her walking the into the bathroom. And what Wayne totally mm-hmm. goes and bangs her in the bathroom. And then he also gets a no, squeezer in the parking lot in the next episode. <laughs> no, he was going to go bang that girl, but he saw Angie's name on the schedule. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's and right. And he backs out. That's yeah. what it was. You're right. Then he gets sexually harassed by Gail for two minutes, and it's humor. <laughs> oh, man. Apparently. <laughs> uh, so, my favorite episode of this season, is it's good because we all have a different one. Um, mine is episode five, which is the rave episode. This is my close number two. I really like this episode a whole fucking because lot. Because of that so dark ending. Yes. God, I love it. That, that like soul crushingness. And, uh, I don't know. This episode also kind of reminds me a lot of another one I like seasons later on where they all go to the wedding. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really like that episode too, but no, Rave is a good one. And again, it's it's mostly for that soul crushing ending, like where uh, mm-hmm. Stuart has built everything and put everything back into becoming <laughs> this DJ, and nobody gives a fuck. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's so it true to life. It's the there's a line delivery in Stewart where they're asking about how to uh, advertise the raid, and he tells them to I don't know. You go on your Facebooks and you advertise it on your Facebook, and he like just screams and breaks in like this really weird way, and it makes me fucking gut laugh every fucking time. Yep. I don't know why, but this this episode really gives that actor a lot to fucking do <laughs> it's very stewart centric and i'm not bothered by that i like stewart no a lot. no no i me too me too he's he's a weird weird foil that you root for yeah but you also kind of like oh well i can also see why wayne <laughs> treats you like he does no no yeah i get okay. it okay <laughs> <laughs> i get it <laughs> um all right so i guess in wrapping this up, as we always do, we'll have to give this a rating. But I'm trying to think of what we can rate it on, and all I can think of is a scale of one out of five puppers. Does anybody I got that's fine. perfect? Yeah, we all go with yeah, that. That works. Okay. So Mitchell, on a scale of one out of five puppers, with five puppers being the best you could give Letterkenny season one, what would you give it? Let's do Four and a half puppers. That's a pretty good amount of puppers, Bob. That's a pretty good amount of puppers. Can't can't argue that. Well, because 
because, like I said, you have that one character that disappears. We have the Christian storylines that all disappear. So you have those few little kinks yep. in there. Getting your footing. And fart book. So yep. you have to, you know, going from the YouTube quick clips to a show, there was kinks to work out. Sure. And luckily enough, it just took this six episodes to, I think, work most or all of those kinks out. All right. Ryan, what about you, buddy? What do you think? Uh, perfectly said, Mitch. Uh, I echo everything he said, but I would I would bump it down just a bit, and I'd say a four out of five for me, mostly because I really, really dislike uh, Gail every oh. time she appears and Fart yeah. Book in yeah. in this first season. I I think they're real, real stinkers. <laughs> no pun intended. It's not. It's uh, <laughs> this is. It's interesting. I, I don't think any other season is this week. So like a four out of five, I still think is really something for like maybe the weakest ep- or season of the show. Um, what about you? <laughs> I think honestly, I'm more in line with Mitchell here. I'm going to go four and a half as well. Um, I do think fart book is a pretty big low point, but everything else in the season still elevates it so far above that like one bad episode isn't going to take that mm-hmm. much off um but overall i fucking love letter kenny i think both of you that i fucking at least listened to you too and started watching this show after you guys started talking about it because this show is amazing <laughs> and every like again once you do start watching it i don't think you really stop and it's just an enjoyable little ride all throughout everybody is in an they're all enjoyable to watch, man. You can't go wrong mm-hmm. with this show. No, it's like if if you have Hulu pulled up and you're watching something that, like, you know, you're invested in, you watch that thing, and then you go, all right, circle, circle, because I watch it on PlayStation, <laughs> and then you watch yeah. Letterkenny to have in the background to have to listen to. Yeah, it's your comfort show. It It absolutely could take the place of a new comfort show. It's It's great. It's dialogue heavy, so you don't have to really watch a lot of it. It's it's a good show, man. I uh, also Kyle's right, but also shame on you if you can't watch a fucking TV show. Watch oh, the TV sure. show. Don't <laughs> yeah. just listen to it, you fucking millennials. <laughs> All right, you, you do need to focus on. I'm going to come hard on this like, and your quibby bullshit. You don't have the attention span to watch something more than ten minutes. Fuck off, a cliff. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's true cuz I che- like I'd check my phone and then I'd have to like rewind 30 seconds to be like, "Oh fuck, we're like so far into this joke now that I missed half of it." Yeah. Yeah. I this is one specifically like you really have to pay attention because it is a mile a minute the fucking jokes in the show. Yep. It's very it, you don't pay attention, you're going to miss several jokes. It's very like arrested development in that. And there's like a I yeah. said there's a lot of layers and a lot of meta humor built into these jokes that like reference things that happened seasons and episodes ago mm-hmm. it's really well mm-hmm. done if you like anything like that like Arrested Development, The Office anything with good humor good dialogue, a little bit of cringe you're gonna like Letterkenny you should absolutely watch it, it's on Hulu fucking check them mm-hmm. out um, that said, Mitchell our guest, where the fuck can people listen to you at if they don't know who the hell you are Oh, yeah. I'm from Nerdy Thursday. We normally have a show that comes out on 
Thursday. We're fucking weird. I do it with my buddy Sean. I I think he would have been here for this because I think he's seen a few episodes. But but he was busy fucking an ostrich or something. So <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, it takes two people to fuck so, an yeah. ostrich, Mitchell. And I only know Sean when he's associated with you. Was it a sick ostrich? Awkward. Again, <laughs> I hear it was a sick ostrich. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys go check out Nerdy Thursday. They do release every Thursday. If you don't pick up on this, we release every Friday. You've got a podcast a fucking week you can listen to, or a podcast a day. When do the uh, the Cape the Cape podcasters are Tuesday, right? Monday. I thought Monday, I Monday. was as Monday Caped podcasters. Yeah, Tuesday is digital Tad cartridge. Pog. No, Wednesday's Tadpog. Oh, I don't know shit. The only one we know is Nerdy <laughs> Thursday because it's the name of their fucking show. Best advertising. Yeah, you guys were way smarter than us. (laughs) Fucking you were. That's why you should listen to Nerdy Thursday, whose episodes release Thursday on Stitcher and iTunes. And you can check out Mitchell and Sean as they talk about all kinds of goofy shit. It's great. I love you, boys. Mm -hmm. I love you, Mitchell. I recommend checking out the Midsummer discussion. We got to do great. It was pretty great. We got to do a big joint episode when we come up for Yard Games in July. Yeah, it's going to be wild. It's going to be a fucking crazy time. I can't wait to see you, boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm already prepping the neighbors. I'm out there making noise all the time, so they'll be used to it. <laughs> well, all right, guys. We're going to shut the fuck up. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. And I'm Mitchell. And we'll catch you next time, everybody. Mwah! Collaborate and listen. Guess who's back with an unnew mission?